welcome into this week's episode of Double Exports, Blaze Radio's only show that features women talking women's sports. I'm Casey Demarest alongside Lauren Hornberger, and here's what's in store for tonight's show. Controversy shook up the U.S. women's national soccer team. We'll have the latest. Another woman joined the ranks of professional coaching. We'll have that news. The Mercury have been undefeated since the Olympic break. We'll have a WNBA update. Speaking of the Olympic break, er, speaking of the Olympics, U.S. women dominated in Rio. We'll have. Welcome into Double X Sports. We are back, season three. Excited to be here after a long summer break. It's been such a long summer. It has. It's been a fantastic summer too. Lauren's been trapped in the wilderness. I've been trapped in a restaurant. That's how summer's been. The women have been killing it at sports this summer. Every day, I was like, what is going on? Why do we not have a show in the summertime? Like, this is phenomenal. Right. So, we're going to take you through everything that happened this summer, all the key moments, a lot of Olympic stuff. You're going to hear a lot of names that you really should know this hour. So, let's get right into it with your highlights. We're going to start things off here with the U.S. Women's National Team Soccer. We saw them have an early exit from the Olympics but that's not the focus of this highlight. No, it's not. And surprisingly, we're not talking about that. Instead, Hope Solo back at the controversy again. Um, We've seen her in this place a lot. She, her contract was terminated by the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team and Less than a week after that, she uh, stepped down from her NWSL Seattle team. She stepped away from the Seattle reign with four games left to go before the playoff push. She said the team was doing okay without her, and um, she released a statement on her Twitter saying, For 17 years, I've dedicated my life to this team uh, with passion, tenacity, and unrelenting commitment to be the best goalkeeper in the world, not just for my country, but to elevate the sport for the next generation. She went on to say, I could not be the player I am without being the person I am, even when I haven't made the best choices or said the right things. And I mean, her termination of contract comes might come as a surprise to some because it came after comments that she made following the game, uh, their game that they lost in to the Sweden. Olympics to Sweden about the Sweden's players being cowards. The, that's not... The U.S. Women's National Team right there. You don't ever hear them make those kind of remarks. I remember hearing that and just going, what? She said that? And I think some people have kind of been like, that's really harsh to terminate a contract over that. But the U.S. Women's National Team prides themselves on being team players. They're really about that team effort and not like crashing on their opponents, not taking them down. Like, that's not what you do, especially at the Olympics. They also said it came from a series of events with... Right. Hope Solo, so it's it's not just like this one event led to her contract termination. It's There's been events in the past that have kind of led up to this, so it was with some cause. Right. But not always bad with the U.S. Women's National Team, depending on how you look at it. Um, today, Heather O'Reilly retires from the Women's National Team. Yeah, she's retiring after 15 years with the team. Um, I mean, an amazing 
amazing 15-year run that she's had with the team. Uh, she said that she's had an incredibly complete career playing for my country. It's been an absolute honor to represent the U.S. women's national team for the last 15 years. I'm leaving this team with a lot of happiness in my heart and pride for what we've accomplished. I truly love this game, and it will be in my life forever. Um, and she also said that she's looking forward to being a fan now. Um, so her last game is going to be September 15th in Columbus, Ohio. So, hey, if you happen to be in Ohio, go check that out. It's against Thailand. She has just a little stats for you on her career with the team. 230 caps. Um, seven, that's seventh all-time. 46 goals, which is 12th all-time. And 54 assists, which is sixth. When she was just 17, that's when she made her debut for the national team. 17. 17. That's amazing. Congrats to her for having such a career, uh, an amazing career. She's is. Uh, continuing to play professionally. She'll keep playing for her club, right. Kansas City, but she's just done with the U.S. Women's National Team. So, anyway, that's your soccer news for the day. We're going to go ahead and jump local real quick. ASU Sports getting things started back up here in the Valley. Volleyball, soccer, both underway. We've got the schedule previews for you. Yeah, so volleyball already started. Um, they've had three games in the UNM tournament Um that started August 26th. They beat Fairfield University 3-0, lost at New Mexico um, 1-3, and then beat Ab- Abilene Christian 3-0. So 2-1 and one so far at the start of the season. They've got the Iowa tournament coming up. Butler, Iowa, and Oakland uh, playing in Iowa City, Iowa. They have a lot of invitationals and tournaments. They will not be home until uh, September 30th. That's so, a long time so long, for volleyball. A long time on the road. We will give you updates on how they do on the road. They've got Arizona coming up, Utah before we even start at home. So that's going to be kind of a tough schedule for them there. Moving on to soccer, they're already 2-0-1 to start the season. They started off with a couple exhibition games. Um, They played at San Diego and then brought it home uh, last weekend, or two weekends ago. Um, They played against Boston University, and then they tied against Boston College. They destroyed Loyola Chicago 4-0, and then they lost to Beijing Normal, but that was just another exhibition game. And that's, I mean, we're starting up those uh, sports. We'll see a few more starting up soon. We will be focusing a lot more in the next couple of weeks on ASU Sports. We've got some exciting uh, new sports coming to town. We've got hockey, women's hockey starting up for ASU. In their inaugural season. So exciting. Um, we're going to have lacrosse later this year. Like, this is, this is going to be great. So you want to... Definitely keep tuned in the next few weeks. We'll go and break down more ASU sports. But next, we're going to move into a short WNBA What Happened This Quick Summer. Quick rundown on WNBA. Next week, we'll get into more WNBA. Oh, yeah. They are just back this week from the Olympic break. We saw they went and the women's team went and won gold in Rio. We'll talk about more of that later. Um, the new AP WNBA power poll is out. Minnesota back into first place. We saw Los Angeles at the top of the rankings all summer, but LA having a hard time getting back on their feet following the Olympic break. So we'll set at number two, New York in third place, and then your Phoenix Mercury sitting number six in the rankings. They have started the season three and oh, they are killing it. Brittany Griner is playing her best ball all season. They'll be home tomorrow against the Connecticut Sun, which should be a good win. Yeah, we went to one of their games. We saw um, Dallas Wings. Yeah, that was a fantastic game. They've really, like, 
earlier this season, we'll talk more about once we get into a real WNBA kind of segments next week, they just were not great. Like, having Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi back, you, we all expected them to be fantastic. They just weren't really getting into that rhythm. Come back from Olympics, and they're killing it. Got a gold medal under their belts? Yeah, yeah they're going to kill it. They're just like, let's go 3-0. and Let's just dominate. Friday's win was their biggest marginal win over an opponent all season. They destroyed the Dallas Wings. They were yeah. off to a pretty shaky start there. And I was we like, were oh, worried a little oh, bit. Great. And then you get into the third, fourth quarter, and it's like, wow. They, I don't know what happened. They just turned it on. Brittany Griner was playing really well, and then you've got Penny Taylor out there on the floor. She's doing well. She is in her final season. They looked fantastic. Like, they looked like they got their rhythm back. They're looking like a playoff team now, and they will be in the playoffs because they are in the sixth spot right now, and then you've got um, Indiana, Seattle rounding out the top eight. San Antonio sitting in last place with the Dallas Wings in second to last. And, yeah, that's our WNBA update. We'll get into more of that next week, but moving on down the line... To some more amazing news with females breaking uh, boundaries in professional sports. Another female coach in a professional sport. The first female to get a full-time coaching job in the NHL. Remember this name, Dawn Braid. She is with the Arizona Coyotes. She was hired as the skating coach for them uh, last week. And she's been part-time skating coach for them in the past and has worked with multiple um, teams. She worked with the Leafs, Ducks, Sabres, Flames for the NHL. So she has a really amazing career behind her. But this is the first time that a female is a full-time coach in the NHL. I mean, it just brings you back to last year when you had Jen Walter with the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere now, and it's fantastic. It makes me so happy to see more women coaching in the professional sports world, like in one of the Power Four sports leagues. And it keeps happening in Arizona. Hey. Hey, we're in a good spot. (laughs) Congrats to Don Braid. Um, So just remember that name because it's pretty awesome. Moving on, last highlight before we take a quick break. Uh, U.S. Open updates. Serena Williams, early exit in the Olympics. She's back for the U.S. Open. She beat Vania King in the second round tonight. We watched it while we were show prepping. She's got a shoulder injury that she's battling, but it doesn't look like it's bothering her. No, she doesn't look like she has an injury at all. She's looking just like the Serena Williams that we would expect to see, the good Serena Williams at the U.S. Open, because she's had a rocky history with the U.S. Open. She's had amazing, amazing feats, and also some really low lows there. I mean, she's had some of her worst matches at the U.S. Open. This is what ruined her calendar year grand slam right. last year, remember? Exactly. So she's ready. She's ready for redemption, and she looks like she's going to get it. Um, with that win in the U.S. Open, she is now tied for the most Grand Slam wins in women's tennis history. And That's if amazing. she continues to win out through this week, she'll beat out Steffi Graf's record of most consecutive weeks at number one. That's amazing. I know. That, that's amazing. Speaking of William's sister, Venus, back at it, looking amazing, even though, you know, we've had, last couple of years, Venus, her solo, her singles career, she hasn't really looked like the Venus Williams that we knew in the past, and Serena has been dominating and said, well, Venus Williams beat Julia uh, Georges to advance to the third round She's the oldest competitor in the women's uh, U.S. Open at 37. Julia is in her 20s, and she Tom, she crushed her. Yeah. Venus is just, lo- they're both looking amazing, which is surprising coming after the Olympic. That was where- heartbreaking. I mean, I saw that they were both out, and I was like, what? 
Yeah, that was the earliest they've both been out since like 2004 or something in the Olympics. That's insane. Anyway, that wraps up our first highlight segment back from the break. Um, when we come back, we will be talking full-on Olympics. Everything Olympics. Everything, everything, everything. You're listening to Double X Sports on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com. Keep it here. Welcome back to Double X Sports on Blaze Radio and blazeradioonline.com. I'm Casey Demrest alongside Lauren Hornberger, and we're back after a short break. We're going to go ahead and delve straight back into our coverage. We've got Everything Olympics coming up right now. And wow, oh wow, did the women destroy it at the Olympics. Just to put it in perspective for you, 27 gold medals by U.S. women, which ties Great Britain's overall medal count. It's the second consecutive games where female athletes have won the majority of medals for the U.S. It's also the most women that have gone to the Olympics in the, for the U.S. We had 292 women at the Olympics. Fun fact, if the women were their own country, they'd come in at 61 medals on the medal count, which is good enough for third place. The U.S. men won 60, and it's impressive considering there's so many less events for women to compete in. Yeah, there's like 100 and something less events. Or it, it's, I think, 130 to... 90 or something. something. I forget what like it is. That. There's um but there's a lot less events and a lot of events that women compete in outside of the Olympics that they can't compete in in the Olympics and we can kind of get into that later with um one athlete in particular but I mean they Dominated. The first gold medal by the U.S. was by a woman. Virginia Thrasher won the won gold in the 100-meter air rifle. Yeah. Kicking things off great for the U.S. We're going to go ahead. We've got two parts to this segment. We've got your main sports that are all the hype every night, the headlines you hear, and then we'll get into the lesser they're not lesser sports, but they're... The ones you might not have heard the names of. They're if not you're just your everyday following. So... Basketball. It's something yes. we all know. We all know everybody on the Olympic team. Locally, you've got Diana Taurasi, Brittany Griner. They it when they came out with the roster because that roster was so packed that they still left people off. And you're just like, how can you? We can't get into the roster debate right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much in the show. So the U.S. women's national basketball team, it's their sixth straight gold medal, their eighth medal overall, and they've now won 49 straight Olympic games, which is Dating back to 1996, 1996 that Olympic Dream Team, which helped found the WNBA, give women a solid stance to play yeah. basketball professionally. Um, since beginning play in 1976, their overall Olympic record is 66 and three. Three. That's how many losses they have had in Olympic play. That's like a UConn record. That is a UConn record, basically. It's a UConn record when you're coached by Gina Hariyama. <laughs> my favorite tweet about the U.S. women's basketball team comes from Kevin Pelton, um, who is an NBA analyst for ESPN, and he said, reminder that the last time the USA lost an Olympic women's basketball game, Brianna Stewart hadn't been born yet. She hasn't been born yet, and now she's on the team. This is, I mean, this is just incredible that they had this kind of run because they, I mean, this all goes back to when it started with the WNBA. We're now 20, this is the 20th season of the WNBA, and this is a fantastic time to see, you know, all the work that they've been doing in it going not only so well in the WNBA, but also in the Olympics. It's great. My biggest takeaway from the U.S. women playing in Rio is that nobody can touch them in national competition. They yeah. were blowing out opponents by 30-plus points every game. It was insane. 
I and another little stat that I liked: they're the first team to score 100 plus points in three consecutive Olympic games. Like they just their dominance is incredible. And my biggest takeaway would be that they just you're seeing some of the most amazing athletes, basketball players, and athletes. Period, men or women play and that's just incredible because if you're not paying enough attention then you really need to because they are they're just amazing they're killer yeah moving on swimming so much from swimming i as we've talked before i'm a huge swim fan i used to be a swimmer so this is there's gonna be a lot of names but some of them you're gonna need to remember um because this was the next generation of swimmers it is and they're amazing. The women's 4 by 100 free relay, the U.S. won silver in that. That was led by uh, Abby Whitesale, Dana Vollmer, Katie Ledecky, and Simone Manuel. The 4 by 100 medley relay, they won gold. A lot of those same uh, people on that uh, relay team as well. 400 meter individual medley, that was won silver by Maya DeRio. She also won gold in the 200 meter back. 100 meter butterfly Dana Vollmer won bronze 100 meter breaststroke Lily King won gold she was a name we hadn't really heard before and she, she was my out favorite name by the end of the Olympics though just because she went after that Russian swimmer oh, and yeah. that whole controversy where the Russian swimmer was like putting her finger up like number one and you see Lily King watching from the ready room like no 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 and then she just destroyed her in competition. It was great. One of my favorite names from uh, swimming this Olympics was Simone Manuel. She tied for gold in the 100 meter free, became the first African American woman to win an individual Olympic gold medal. Lauren, are we forgetting a name here? I, th- I think we are. I think we are. Is it, is it Katie Ledecky? Yeah. She won a couple of gold medals herself. Just a couple. Just a few. 400 meter free, 200 meter free, 800 meter free gold 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 world record in the 800 meter free and if you watch the tape on that one she is like I, you, there is you look at the picture and nobody else it looks like she's just swimming laps in the pool no one else yeah. is even near her she has to take a breather go get a cup of coffee before everybody finished that race right she's just amazing i mean i haven't seen a swimmer like her in so long that can do an 800 meter free and a 200 meter free just as well because they're very it's a lot of different she's a dominant swimmer but her weaker spots come from the lower distances because she just picks up speed as she keeps going along so now when she returns to swim collegiately she's going to work on the 100 and 200 meter races because those are her weaker spots Right. But, I mean, can you imagine when she comes back for 2020 and she can race, like, in the 100 meter better? Like, when they come oh back to do that relay I mean, where they won silver, that's yeah. going to be a gold next time. We have to remember, she's just going into college. next. She's not, like, she's just going into college. Yeah. She's still so young and has already an amazing career outside of the Olympics and in the Olympics. She has so many, she holds so many world records. It's 
crazy. Katie Ledecky leads into my biggest takeaway on swimming. Katie Ledecky isn't the next Michael Phelps that she's been compared to. Katie Ledecky is looking, uh, is the ne- is like the first Katie Ledecky. Yeah. Like, she's her own name. She's going to kill it in record. She's going to kill it at Stanford and when she goes to work on her short distances. And that was the one thing that really aggravated me about the Olympic coverage was they were like, Katie Ledecky, breaking records. How does she keep her nail polish from chipping? Like, what? No. No. No, no. I'm sorry. And then there was another one where it was like, Michael Phelps wins silver. Katie Ledecky breaks world record. Hmm. What's the more interesting headline there? Katie Ledecky should be on the top of every headline for, like, the Olympics. <laughs> like, she was that incredible. She was up there in the headlines pretty often. Yeah. And you can't discount Michael Phelps. He is You can't. A legend. But world record... And not silver, silver medal. Silver medal. <laughs> Ties for silver. Anyway, we're not here to bash on the right. Olympic athletes. But the U.S. killed it in all. My biggest takeaway is 2020. Just look towards 2020 because the U.S. women's swim team is going to be probably one of the best swim teams we have seen yet. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Moving on. We've got gymnastics, a.k.a. the final five. Yes, the final five. If you did not know why they're called that, it's because this is uh, the last team that legendary gymnastics coach will be coaching. This was her last team. She's been she's been no she's the one that created the U.S. gymnastics program. Basically, made it what it is today. It's also the last Olympics where there are going to be five people for a gymnastics team. It's going down to four in 2020 in Japan. So this was the final five. And man, did they make it an amazing one. Wow. They just, I mean, they won the team gold medal with a score of 184.897. Individually, they got eight medals, with three of them being gold. Allie Raisman scored silver and floor and individual all around. Um, Madison Koken, silver on the bars. Lori Hernandez, silver on the beam. Simone Biles, gold on floor. Vault, an individual all around, and then a bronze in the beam. And then you also have Gabby Douglas on the team, who helps score that um, team medal for them. Right. That's an amazing team right there. I was just so blown away when I was watching gymnastics in the Olympics this year, because I'm always just so amazed at gymnastics, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh yeah, like, that's totally easy, and then today we were taking promo photos for the show, and I can't even do a headstand, (laughs) so like, you know, I mean... They, I mean, they, the talent and how much training goes into gymnastics, it's yeah. phenomenal. So, I mean, I don't want to be cliche here, but my biggest takeaway from the gymnastics is just Simone Biles in general because her signature, like, uh, run that she does across the floor with the, what is it? It's like a double something. It's like a double layout. She gets but two she, times it's her. It's called her move because, like, she no one else can more. do it. Yeah, no one else can do it, and she adds like a twist into it. And then when she lands, she makes sure she has enough space for this huge run, first of all, and then she makes sure that she has enough space to do um, a leap yeah. at the end and it still lands right in the box. It's oh my god, that's it's insane. Yeah, that's my biggest takeaway too. Is just watching her compete was probably one of my favorite things because I don't think I've ever seen someone get as much height as she can. I've never seen someone she be able to... two times her height in the yeah. air. She's a tiny person, but two times her height. And to be able to put all of those combinations into one pass on the floor, and she doesn't just do it on the floor. The vault, she has the hardest vault of anyone in the world. The beam, hardest dismount. No one can do what Simone Biles can do. It's been proven. No one can do her moves. And that's just... 
that's amazing. And that is one gymnast that will go down in history. One more thing before we move on to track and field. New York Times did a really cool interactive on Simone Biles that we'll tweet out on the break. Yes. Um, and it show, it literally breaks down her move. It's phenomenal. So you can really see what we're talking about when we mean she gets two times her height. Right. Also, side note, we're going to get better on saying when we tweet things out, we're actually going to tweet them out because we're using TweetDeck this semester. Yes. Anyway, we're going to move on. Track and field. Wow. So many records broken here and just so many great storylines. I think my favorite storyline comes from the 400-meter relay team. They're the second fastest in history, um, and they were only able to do that after they earned a rare rerun, after they petitioned um, that their baton was unfairly dropped. They got jostled in the baton handoff, mm-hmm. um, so it messed with their time, but they were able to go on and win gold. Um, Allison Felix, part of that relay team, she earned her fifth gold medal, the most of any U.S. female track athlete. Um, Abby D'Agostino and Nikki Hamblin, um, they won a very prestigious award. It's not given out very often. No. It's an award Michael Phelps doesn't, it's a medal Michael Phelps doesn't even have. So, I mean. Which is hard to say. Let me tell you something. Yeah, exactly. But let me tell you, um, they won the Pierre de Coubertin medal for helping each other after after colliding in the 5,000 meter race. Um, it's only been given out 17 times in Olympic history. Yeah. It's amazing. Nikki Hamblin isn't a U.S. athlete, but like. New Zealand. Yes. But. The, they just, they collided, and uh, Abby actually injured herself, um, wasn't able to really move, and uh, Nikki helped her up, and they, they both got lost, but they worked together, and that is why I love the Olympics. That's the Olympic spirit That right is there. the Olympic spirit, and that's, they really deserve that medal, because what they showed, they showed countries coming together, and just... They showed what sports can really be about. We also, in the shot put, the U.S. took home their first golden shot put thanks to Michelle Carter. Who is awesome because she just, she's so cool. She, like, went out, killed it in the shot put, and then it's like, oh, hey, I want a gold medal. I'm going to make sure I look amazing on camera. And it's just, like, perfect combination of being athletic and also being a woman, and she's just super cool. They also swept the 100-meter hurdles, which is the first medal sweep for U.S. women's track and field. Um, and that was done by Christy Calston, Brianna Rollins, and Nia Alley. Yeah. What's your biggest takeaway? Because you go first. I've been going first. I, mine is hard to put into words because they just... Uh, track and field, I don't think it's something that we really often think about right away when we talk, like, U.S. women's sports in the Olympics. Like, gymnastics swimming, those two right mm-hmm. off the bat. But they dominated this year. They really showed that the U.S. women are starting to become a powerhouse and are a powerhouse. Allison Felix, probably one of the best careers we're going to ever see in track and field, period, women or men. Um, She was, you know, individually she didn't do as well as she has in the past, but she is the key for that relay team right there. And they didn't look like they were slowing down that relay team. Like, they look like they can do it for multiple Olympics to come. They're just that amazing. Right. I just, yeah, just track and field in general. I loved it. My biggest takeaway is probably the Diagostino Hamblin winning the very rare Olympic spirit medal. I just thought that was great. I mean, I was really shocked when I, like, heard that they, like, went down and everything. But, I mean, it really, uh, like, embolizes the Olympic spirit. There was also, um, I remember back in the gymnastics, it was North and South Korea and gymnasts took a selfie together, which was, like, a huge thing, which also, like, embolized the Olympic spirit. It wasn't, like, during competition. They were, like, hanging around afterwards. But I just thought it was really cool. That is cool. Anyway, that caps off our first part of 
um, Olympic talk. When we come back, we will have beach volleyball, wrestling, boxing, and all other sports where the women won gold. You're listening to Double X Sports on Blaze Radio and blazeradioonline.com. Keep it here. Online.com. This is Double X Sports with Casey Demarest and Lauren Hornberger, and we're going to talk part two of the Olympic break. Yeah, so these are the sports that don't really get as much um, notice, especially during regular season stuff. Um, we don't really talk about this stuff, but these are names that you really need to hear because this is where a lot of the amazing stories come from, especially from this past Olympics. So let's start right off with beach volleyball. This is this has been one of my favorites in the Olympics for a long time because you had Carrie Walsh Jennings and Misty May trainer. Misty May no longer competing uh, professionally. She um, retired, so Carrie Walsh Jennings, the new partner, come in April Ross. Um, and this was this was different. I mean, we've been used to the Jennings uh, trainer combo. I didn't even realize it when I was watching the Olympics, and I kept saying April Ross. Wa- April Ross and I was like where is Misty May Trainer? Yeah. And then I was like oh I like looked it up I was like oh that's alright um so uh Carrie Walsh Jennings was on a quest for her fourth gold medal unfortunately they got booted from that Olympic gold match um they had to settle for the bronze match which she said was so much harder cause um you either walk away a winner or you walk away a loser like you get to the gold medal match it's like I can You're get gonna a medal win. either way yeah. um they did beat Brazil in that match um they beat Larissa Franca and Talita Atunas um and they're doing pretty good together right they're doing really well together um while they did beat Brazil Brazil also had another duo going who mm-hmm. lost to Germany so Brazil technically did take Silver in the match. Yes, but it's in Brazil. Brazil. Um, they, yeah, they are doing real, really well together. They actually just went on to win the Long Beach Grand Slam, so they're not really letting the bronze medal set them back oh, yeah. too much. And they're a combo that I still want to watch. I mean, they looked great together. It was just, this was there were some good teams, um, which in the past we haven't seen like Brazil have two really good teams. That was unusual. So this was just kind of unusual in beach volleyball this Olympics where there are other a lot of other teams that were very dominant. Right. Moving on to wrestling. Yes. Uh, quickly, let's talk regular volleyball also because they. This is something. They're a team that we see usually in the gold medal match. Uh, USA Women's Volleyball, the team, they won bronze against the Netherlands. Sorry, I forgot about regular volleyball. Anyway, we're going to move on to wrestling now. Um, Helen Marlis was the first U.S. woman to win wrestling gold. She competed in the 53-kilogram weight class and defeated three-time champ of Japan, Sari Yoshidi. Yoshida. Yeah, she was... This was one of my favorite stories. Um, The first wrestling gold for a U.S. woman. And she had been... Her story about how she got there is amazing. There's some really good articles about it. Check it out. Um, She had come back from where, like... She really didn't... This is kind of her last chance. This is, like... This was her time. She'd been training really, really hard to do this. And to beat the three-time champ, uh, Yoshida, that was going to be... It was kind of this impossible thing. And she did it. And it was just, it was, it was really an incredible match. Next up, boxing. Another name that I really loved hearing about um, actually had one of my favorite quotes from the Olympics. Clarissa Shields, first U.S. boxer to win consecutive gold 
medals. She um, was coming off a really amazing match last Olympics. She came into this saying she doesn't just want to be uh, an amazing boxer, she amazing female boxer. She wants to be the best boxer there is, and the first U.S. Bo- US boxer period to win consecutive golds, which is extremely hard to do. She proved it. Yeah. Like she's just she's an amazing fighter. Um, check out some articles on her as well. She has some really good quotes. Uh, U.S. women's rowing team, they took gold in the women's eight, which is the long version of rowing. Mm -hmm. It's not just a single. There's eight people on the team. Um, And I thought that was really cool because there was a lot of stuff coming out from the U.S. rowing team beforehand. It was from Megan Calmon. Um, She actually didn't compete on the women's eight, um, but she was the one that had come out, and she had an excerpt that she submitted to The Guardian, and she was saying, like, stop bashing my Olympics experience. I'm going to go. I'm going to row. I will row through expletive for you America and I will do it gladly so I just thought that like that was the kind of tone that rowing set going into it um but they did win gold in that um and then another it's their third straight gold medal their third straight they um they've been their unbeaten streak in world and olympic competition is for 11 years now like they're just an amazing team um they um but what's interesting about them, I think this is one of my favorite parts about this rowing team, is that only two of their members had Olympic experience prior to Rio. So while they've had three straight golds, it's not the same team every year. There's a lot of talent in the U.S. rowing. Yeah. I mean, they've just been amazing. Um, Log- Elena Logan, she's a name that definitely want to remember. She's been on the last three Olympic teams. She's the only U.S. rower in history to win three gold medals. It's pretty cool. Moving on to another water sport, water polo. They went undefeated. They're the first team to successfully defend Olympic ti- the Olympic title. They're the only team to medal at each of the games since the sport debuted in 2000. They're the only team, um, or sorry, not the only team. They outscored their opponents by a combined score, 73 to 32. So you're telling me they're like the basketball team, the U.S. women's basketball team. Pretty much. But water version. Water version, yeah. Um, let's just talk about really quickly all the teams because we've kind of gone through the big teams. There is uh, Team USA has this poll right now that's like because they have a medal for um, or an honor for Team of the Olympic Games. Five teams nominated. All of them are women's teams. All of them. Not a single men's team is being honored for Team of the Olympic Games. Why? Because the women dominated this year. Biggest takeaway from the Olympics overall. Oh, oh, wait. One more person I want to mention. Oh, that's right. One more. Uh, Kim Rode. Women's skeet. So she's a skeet shooter. She won bronze. She's the first summer Olympian, period, to win an individual medal in six consecutive games. She's been competing in the Olympics since she was 16 years old. That's... She's been there every Olympic Games, and she wins a medal every single time, including three gold. She's just, she's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. She's just killing it. And she's a name that you don't really hear. She says that every four years, she just goes to another country, another continent, competes in the Olympics, and she goes back to her life, and she's a mom, and she works, and she does other things, and, but she's a six-time Olympian. That's pretty nice to list on your resume. Right? That's really impressive to go to six Olympics. I know. That's, it's amazing. So, biggest takeaway overall. This is hard. I think my biggest takeaway is 
this summer, I was worried about this summer because last summer we came into the start of Double X saying that this was probably one of the best summers for women's sports, period. It was an incredible summer, and I didn't know if we could top that summer this year. I wasn't sure if the women could keep up that momentum, keep women's sports up in the coverage, and just make women's sports what they have in these last two years. And this summer, especially in the Olympics, kind of exceeded my expectations for that. I think, honestly, this has been one of the, this was the best Olympics for women, not just U.S. women, women, period. So far. So far, yeah. Period to this point. Um, And one of my biggest takeaway, one of the biggest things I think we need to discuss from this point is there's a lot of talk about Title IX and how that's what got the women U.S. especially women to this point of being this dominant. And yes, that's true. These are all people, um, especially the ones who have been there for four to six Olympics who are coming out of Title IX and who are able to be there because of Title IX. But if we want to continue to see this dominance in the Olympics, we need to make sure that Title IX is up to date. And we also need to make sure that there are enough races and competitions equal to the men. Because Katie Ledecky, that 1,500 meter free that she's amazing at and has a world record at, she can't compete at the Olympics because it is not an Olympic race for women. That needs to change. And you killed it on your biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway, I'd say I 100% agree with Lauren. I was going to go down that road and say it was the best Olympics for women um, and the coverage and everything. I think my biggest takeaway is that the coverage on women and women's sports needs to improve, and this Olympics showed it. Because, I mean, you yeah. saw um, a lot of articles come out and a lot of broadcasts happen. Um, like, one commentator said that the U.S. women's gymnastics team looked like they might as well be standing around in a mall. They also put out articles on Katie Ledecky's nail polish. They were commenting on gymnastics. So bad about Venus and Serena. Uh, yeah being amazing at the Olympics. Right. Was it a BBC reporter did yeah. that? They were interviewing one of the winners of the men's was it match. Uh, it might have been. It was like one of the men's team and they were like, how does it feel to win the gold medals? And he was like, well, Serena and Venus already did that. And the guy was like, uh, back to you in the studio. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just think overall, the Olympics put the women on a national stage they put everybody on a national stage and you're under a microscope when you do it and I really think it's a good time to have that conversation on how the media should be covering women's sports and I mean that's what we aim to do here at Double X is shed more light on women's sports coverage and it's what we love to do and we're glad that we had a great Olympics to bring us back in and with that we're going to go ahead and head into our last segment here we've got Woman Warrior of the Week and Tweets of the Week coming up you're listening to Double X Sports on Blaze Radio blazeradioonline.com keep it here Double Xports on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com. I'm Casey Demarest alongside Lauren Hornberger here for the last segment of our first show back. It's been good to be back in the studio. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, we've got our classic segments coming up, Woman Warrior and Tweets of the Week. We've got a special uh, Woman Warrior for you. It's not really Woman Warrior of the Week. It is a Woman Warrior, but it's a Woman Warrior of the Summer because Lauren and I are pretty indecisive people, and it's really hard to pick one Woman Warrior of the Week when you've got a whole summer yep. running up behind you. So this is kind of our Olympic version. We're going to go through, we have four nominees. We're going go to kind of go through them and say who we think and why and stuff really quickly. And then 
on Twitter, Double X Sports. Follow us there. We're going to put up a poll right after uh, we finish this segment, and you can vote and let us know who you think it should be. First off, who is number one here? Simone Biles. We've been through this when we talked about the gymnastics team earlier. Completely killed it in all of her events, and the Simone Biles move. Yes. um, Personally, my vote... um, I'm giving my vote. This was I. This is what came out of like the idea came out of this because I really think Simone Biles should be the warrior of the summer, woman warrior of the Olympics, woman warrior of like probably gymnastics in the last decade. I don't know. She's just incredible. I mean, really, we tweeted out that link to New York Times. All right, well, go and see the breakdown of her moves because that just puts it in perspective. Next up, we have Katie Ledecky. Katie Ledecky. Killed it with world records. Won oh, gold yeah. in the 200, 400, and 800-meter uh, races, um, and she has just been phenomenal. Also from swimming, Lily King. Katie, uh, we mentioned, Casey mentioned her name um, earlier, dominated also in swimming, and probably one of those names that we will probably see in 2020 break out as well. Hopefully. Last but not least, you've got the U.S. women's basketball team rounding out the choices here. 66 and 3 all time in Olympic matches. They haven't lost since before Brianna Stewart was born. That's uh. just oh my gosh. And that team, this is this is one thing I didn't mention earlier. That team won't really be able to be that team again. I mean, several key players on that team are probably going to be retiring in the next year not doing the national team. I mean, you've got Diana Taurasi. You've got Diana Taurasi. You have um, Sue Bird. You have players who have been there at the start of the WNBA 20 years ago, still playing, and now, like, well, towards the start. And... You know, we this might be a different team in 2020. Right. There's players on that team that have 10, 11, 12 years of yeah. experience. You're going to see, um, I mean, you've got the U.S. Select team. That's loaded with talent. you got Jewel Lloyd on there. Oh, yeah. Tiffany Mitchell. All the rookies that came out or are coming out this year, they're on that U.S. Select team. They're the future of this basketball team. And, man, that future is bright. It is. So, Casey, I already gave mine. I think Simone Biles should be the Woman Warrior of the Summer. Who do you think? And then we'll send it out to you fans and let us know who you think the Woman Warrior of the Summer should be. I'm picking Katie Ledecky. Okay. Any more reason why or kind of just what we've said just, before? I just, that, that image of her swimming ahead of, like, everybody in the pool and you can't even, in the camera shot, they had to widen out the camera shot from usual yeah. to get her and the rest of the field just in the so same you can shot. see that she's not just, like, in the back because she's just so far spaced from everyone. Yeah, no, she wasn't just swimming laps in that pool. She was just destroying the field, literally. So that is our Women Warriors of the Summer. Take to Twitter and vote Double X Sports on Twitter. We're pretty Twitter-friendly. Give us a follow. We're really active on Twitter now. We're doing great. Anyway, that's going to lead us into our next segment, Tweets of the Week, my favorite time of the week. Um, Again, follow us on Twitter at Double Exports, and we're going to kick things off here with a tweet from ESPNW. Um, 61 medals, 27 of them gold. Congrats to the women of hashtag Team USA on an incredible hashtag Rio 2016 on to Tokyo. And it's a video from ESPNW that goes through everybody who won medals that are women at the Olympics. Yeah, every U.S. woman who won a medal, that's a lot of them. It goes through with their names, what they won, um, what they won it in. 
it really puts it all into perspective just how dominant and how amazing the US women were this year. This is one of my favorite videos. I got like really excited when I saw this because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is all that happened and it's right there in one package. And it's like over two minutes long, which should show you how dominant they really were. Because you can't minutes. compile them less than two minutes. Moving on, next tweet coming from Candace Parker says, inspired by this woman right here, thank you for demonstrating what it is to be beautiful. Hashtag bald is beautiful. This is um, Candace Parker with uh, Holly Rowe when they were, I think this They were comes, here in Phoenix. Yeah, uh, so this came night. from August 29th. Um, Holly Rowe back at it, if you know she's been battling cancer. Um, and She was honored as the woman of inspiration at the Mercury game Sunday so night. So deserving of it. She's phenomenal. I mean, the fact that um, ESPN did an article on her, and I mean, she was um, just so happy to be able to still be, like, covering sports, because sports are what make her happy, and she was saying um, when she started to undergo treatment again, um, they said, you know, it's easy to fight, it's it's easier to fight cancer if you're um, focused on something that makes you happy, what makes you happy, and she said, my job, so... Their doctors work around her very intense schedule to get yeah. her to cover her games and stuff. And I mean, I, Holly Rose is such an inspiration. One of our favorite people. Next tweet comes from another one of our favorite people, Sarah Spain. It just has a peace sign, but it's a photo that says, First all-female national ESPN radio show, check. First all-female around the horn, check. First all-female first take, check. First all-female sports reporters, check. Now that the firsts are out of the way, all-female panels can be a newsworthy as all male panels which is to say not at all progress yes yes Sarah Spain <laughs> just from our perspective this was amazing they did have the first all female sports reporters just last week and it was really really cool and we loved it so yes to women being on radio and on TV and talking sports next tweet of the week comes from ESPNW we already mentioned this one earlier in the show but it's pretty awesome it needs another mention with her second round U.S. Open win Serena Williams is now tied for most Grand Slam wins in women's tennis history and we will update you on how her U.S. Women, uh, US Open um, run goes because they're only in day four and watch for her. This is the mat this is the open that knocked her out of getting that calendar grand slam last year. And um, she's looking for number twenty three right now. Oh man. I really hope she gets it. Um last one coming from ESPNW as well. Simone Manuel, you are everything. Heart eyes. And it's Simone Manuel at ESPNW holding up all her medals. Yes. It's yes. adorable. Love it. Anyway. So those are our tweets. You can check them all out on our Twitter at Double X Sports. We're coming to the end here. Let's look ahead what we're going to talk about next week. WNBA. What's Ooh. going on? Who's leading the pack? How are the Mercury doing? We are less than, um, it's less than a month left. We're of less the season. than 10 games left of the regular season. Playoffs, oh my gosh. Push starts in like not even two weeks. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to kind of update you on what happened uh, this season and where teams are leading now. And this next week really should be big for these teams because this is that final push to make sure that you're in the playoffs with those lower teams there in the rankings and make sure you don't stumble out of playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot of mix-up that's going to happen. Remember, we got that new playoff setup going. It's the top that's right. eight teams overall. It's not the top four out of the East, not the top four out of the West. So it's going to change things up here. Oh, I'm so excited. 
excited. Uh, what else do we have? We have NWHL offseason coming up, yeah. which is really exciting because ASU's got their inaugural season of their women's hockey team, so I'll yes. be excited to be covering, or we'll be excited to be covering both the NWHL and the ASU's women's hockey team. Those will be some really good stories coming out of that. And remember, we left the NWHL in a pretty precarious spot uh, at the end of the season. Not really sure if it was going to come back. There was lawsuits, a lot of drama. Snapchat looks like they're doing well. They're taking yeah. Isabel around like they take the Stanley Cup around from the NHL. You so. know, so we're gonna. There's been a lot of moves in the off season as well. A lot of players got signed to other teams. Um, they've figured out who's going to be the practice teams. Some coaching changes, things like that. They'll they also have new jerseys this year. They will. They retired the inaugural season jerseys. Everybody's getting brand new jersey designs. So we'll kind of update you on what the NWHL has been doing because they have been active this off season. We also have ASU sports that are starting and yeah we'll see what else happens in this next week there's always good stuff maybe more hope solo drama um we've got soccer still moving through exhibition games for asu but start starting to get closer towards uh regular season play the national teams are making playoff pushes right now a lot going on so much coming up anyway thanks for tuning in to our welcome back segment of double x sports it's been a pleasure we're glad to be back you're listening to Double Exports on Blaze Radio, blazeradioonline.com. See you next week.